Chapter 2. Solitude and Violence. September, 1773. Adahi thrived in solitude and is accustomed to violence. It was a familiar place for him, for he was raised to be self-reliant. He seldom enjoyed the company of others, and when he did, he didn't show it often. Daniel Mullen was an exception. Being 22 years of age, Adahi had a great many things to learn but he was raised educated with vast knowledge on many aspects of life that the tribal leaders were willing to share throughout his time with the tribe. Taking a man's life was something to be coveted where Adahi came from, an intimate commitment to yourself. It was something to be expected on life's journey as a tribal warrior. Still, Adahi easily allowed the dead spirits to accompany his mind at times. He was still young and not yet a master of his emotions. His uncle Wohali always advocated Knowledge is infinite, constantly pushing Adahi's intellect. Wahali was Adahi's favorite uncle out of his mother's three brothers. After his pilgrimage, when Adahi was twelve, Wahali made it his duty to train him in the ways of the warrior, working Adahi day and night for the last decade. These skills included, but were not limited to, bow shooting, knife fighting, tomahawk abilities, covertness and the ability to blend, hunting, fishing, survivability, and most importantly, how to sustain himself while alone mentally. Adahi had spent the better part of his life training, and he knew nothing but solitude and violence. His heart was from his mother, where his compassion and empathy still held a respectable place within himself. It was his mother who kept Adahi attached to the tribe, as he always felt like an outsider. Wohali always kept an eye on him throughout his childhood, and when his mother passed, Wohali was exemplary in funeral duties reinforcing a message from Ariana only it meant for Adahi's ears. Go to Boston and find a man named Major Thomas Young. He is your father's blood brother. The words echoed in Adahi's mind as Raven's hooves impacted the dirt. The news about this newly revealed blood uncle in Boston was a shock. His mother, Ariana, had kept a secret her entire life from him. Adahi's initial thoughts were those of betrayal, but he eventually convinced himself she kept it from him for a reason, or at the very least, that's what Adahi chose to believe. After his father died, she detached herself from any aspect of his life and the life that they shared apart from Adahi, whom she loved dearly. She would tell Adahi about her adventure from leaving Nassau with infant Adahi and traveling the seas to La Florida all the way to the tribe. It was a lengthy story he often heard throughout his life. Major Thomas Young was someone who was withheld from Adahi and he intended to rectify that. In early 1773, Adahi and Raven had traveled from the North Georgia hills to the coast, found the King's Highway, and endured the long journey in high spirits. The route to the sea was one Adahi had taken with his mother on trading trips as a boy, but never ventured north. With Raven, the route was an easy month-long trip when he took his time, and he was never rushing but kept a good pace. After leaving the Santee River Tavern, getting past the Georgetown checkpoint and through the actual city was easier than he thought it was going to be. During the dark hours of the night, anyone can seemingly go unnoticed in plain sight. With the greatcoat buttoned to his nose covering his face, leaving only his eyes exposed, he traveled with Raven up the colonial coast in the summer days. Once past Georgetown, Adahi applied the same nightfall tactics, travel through the city at night, and travel the King's Highway in the light hours. For the sake of his sanity, Adahi never repeated his actions at the Santee River Tavern on his journey to Boston. He felt justified in his actions against the twelve doomed souls that night on the highway. 
Was it justified? He regularly reflected on his way to Boston, but it was a thought he often suppressed. Suppressing thoughts was a frequent tool than Adahi's mental haversack he utilized often. The thoughts of his father he suppressed for no other reason than because of the unknown of who he was and what he did. The fact that his mother never spoke of his father bothered Adahi to the core. But having a measurable respect for her, he respected her wishes to keep it a secret. The King's Highway was a rough route to venture. It was filled with highwaymen, bandits, drunkards, soldiers, and undesirables. It was a journey not meant for thin-skinned souls. The killing of redcoats, however poorly justified, leaves Adahi questioning his honor continuously. Although he thirsts for justice for the oppressed and fights for what he believes is a right decision, yet he still lets the killings weigh on his mind from Georgetown to Virginia, a long journey. Retrospective looms over Adahi when the silence is heavy. When Adahi listens to the wind blend with the nothingness, the thoughts become dark and heady. Something consumed him while in combat. Something flowed through him, a form of vehement, focused rage coursing between his flesh. Adahi thrived in violence, not without its price. His mind cracked and crashed in the constant basis between thriving within brutal conflict and settling down within quiet and clarity. Adahi searched for clarity of oneself through violence. It was the only time he felt like he understood himself. In Alexandria, right off the Potomac, he traded a bundle of jerky for a satchel of rich Virginian tobacco. It was enough for multiple refills of his personal pouch. He had expended the last bit of his newburn tobacco in Williamsburg one wet rainy night, and he was without it a few days. Pipe smoking was a daily ritual among most tribal members, and it was considered a mechanism for reaching peace within oneself. It calmed him, and rarely before sleep, Adahi would blend the tobacco with hemp seed hops to see the universe in his dreams. Adahi had spent many nights as a young man with his uncle Wohali and the tribal leaders as they allowed him to smoke the hemp seed hops and hallucinate, trying to meet the source of existence. Each time the spirits of light and dark would befall the elders and Adahi during these seldom moments. Good versus evil and light versus dark were frequent battles saw within the smoke of the elders. Adahi often would remember those tales. However distant the memories were, these were the times he felt a true sense of belonging, other than around his mother. The memories are fleeting, and the cold night air grounds Adahi back to reality. This looks like a good place to stay for the night, he says to the beautiful black horse putting his feet on the ground. Adahi hitched Raven to the thick tree branch on the perimeter of the small clearing he intended to stay. He collected firewood in a pile and proceeded to create a fire for the night using his flint and steel. Once the tent was up, he went and collected bundles of branches and created a security perimeter around his new site. Adahi learned at a young age that good sleep requires security. Although a musket and pistols keep you safe, he knows it is best to set up preventative measures. With these measures in place, approaching in silence is nullified, allowing Adahi proper time to defend, if necessary. The tent was a simple wool canvas draped on a rope line between trees and anchored with four wooden spikes. It was enough to keep Adahi dry in the twilight rain. With only three days away from Boston, he was nervous about his actual plan to try to find his uncle. Adahi didn't really know where to start his search in the large city of Boston, so he figured going to an active brothel or tavern and simply asking about Thomas Young would hopefully be enough to get information. It is a bold plan, but Adahi sees this as the most subtle way to gain knowledge of his uncle. After Adahi set up camp and ensured the perimeter was secured, he sat on the ground close to the fire to get warm. 
After a few minutes, he stands and takes the saddlebags off Raven and rests his musket barrel up against a large rock. In his haversack, he takes out a body-sized linen sheet and begins placing his pistols and knives on it. He also removes some linen rags and oil for cleaning. Hours pass as Adahi diligently cleans his arsenal. His mindset is ready for whatever comes. Finding his blood uncle or not, he knows his path is just beginning. His mother, Ariana, always said he was destined for more, destined to go on and achieve great things. Since a child, he was taught to be in the moment and focus on the present state of life. His uncle Wohali steadily tried to shape Adahi's mind to be fortified and tough. The body will break, but the mind must not, he always preached to Adahi. His uncle Wohali made sure Adahi was raised tough and raised to be self-reliant. The stars in the sky have moved almost across the entire black canvas when Adahi is finished with his weapons. The plan for Boston is clear, and he knows what he needs to do. He packs the weapons away as they were before, leaving the dragoon on his chest while the blunderbuss and Charleville are close to his side. He pulls out a small pouch of hemp seed hops in his tobacco, then mixes a deep bowl in his pipe. The end of the pipe is ignited with a piece of wick from Adahi's wick ball he specifically uses for pipe smoking. The smoky fumes are inhaled and disperse a calming sensation throughout his body. A few more puffs and his eyelids become heavy as he drifts into a deep sleep. The wary half-native slept with both hands on his seasoned tomahawk. The fire had been extinguished for a few hours from the twilight rain, and the cold seems to be compounding with the darkness. Silence sweeps the area, and Adahi awakens from the chilly air, shivering to the cold. Ugh, ugh, fuck! It is cold! His words slice the cold air, and the chill creeps down his spine, reminding him this time to move. After a moment, he exhales into his hands, rubbing them together, trying to warm himself up. <sighs> Removing his wool blanket, he gets up and leaves the tent, bundling his greatcoat to his chin. The air was fresh off the coast in the form of a slight breeze, seemingly bringing the morning chill. He slept with all of his clothing on, a precaution while traveling on the King's Highway. The night sky is now early morning, becoming a new day filled with noises eradicating the silence. The sun was beginning its climb as a deep darkness is easing off, and the cold air is cutting to the core. Steadily shivering, Adahi begins packing away his gear. The moon is now low on the horizon as the sun begins to illuminate the shadows. Rustling trees catch the dawn breeze off the sea as the sky begins to warm itself. Adahi finishes packing his belongings when Raven starts clapping her hooves against the floor, indicating her desire to move. I know, I know, you want to go. Don't worry, soon enough, we will be on the move, Adahi says, connecting his head to her head. As he mounts Raven, he clicks his teeth, and she slowly begins to head out. On the move, he adjusts his weaponry for riding and reaches for his tobacco pipe and pouch. The nine-inch clay pipe was something he created with his Uncle Wohali when he was just a boy. It had resonated tobacco and hemp seed hops from years past, and Adahi wouldn't want it any other way. He firmly packs the Virginian tobacco in the pipe bowl as Raven slowly strides on the trail, getting back toward the main highway. Well, girl, I prepared myself to puff some smoke. But I've got no fire, Adi says, laughing to himself, knowing he packed away his flint and steel. I guess I'll have to save this for the next stop. How does that sound? The horse neighs and Adi pets her neck before putting his pipe and tobacco pouch away in the greatcoat in her pocket. The crisp morning air is clean as he takes deep inhale, knowing that his plan might not work, 
but it's all he can really do at this point. The directions were little, but they were clear. Go to Boston and find a man named Major Thomas Young. He is your father's blood brother. The words continuously echoed throughout Adahi's mind. Time passes the day as trees rustle in the wind with raven's hooves impacting the ground blending with singing birds in the breeze. The idea that Adahi's mother had known about his blood uncle since before his birth and never once revealed his existence troubled Adahi to no end. But he always had a way of forgiving his mother for even the slightest infraction. She was his hero. She never spoke of his father or what happened to him before Adahi was born. He knew that deeply affected her, so he never bothered her to ask. On her deathbed, she told her son, I should have spent more time telling you who he was. I'm sorry I didn't tell you more, Adahi. Your father called it the Orium Pentagonum. Forgive me. Her words populated his mind like a bad fever. Solitude on a road was the only thing keeping his mind occupied away from those thoughts, and he wasn't doing a great job at keeping them out. Eventually, Boston was only a few days' ride away. Added he needed a drink, and to finally get the savor that tobacco he packed earlier.